With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Beyond the Blade, episode 118. I am your co-host, Chad Didimenesis, and I'm joined by my two good buds, Bill Shockey and Anthony Chandra. Fellas, it's, uh, I, I don't know, I mean, we were talking before the podcast, I don't, I don't know what kind of hockey, I mean, I know what kind of hockey team we have, but like, <laughs> I, I don't know, it's, it, it's literally to the point of the season we're building on this kind of this podcast numerous times. It's like we're just gonna, we're just gonna talk about the same things, I guess. So here we go. Let's turn the flip the mic on and see kind of how this goes. Because usually those ones turn out pretty good, surprisingly, but that's definitely the vibe heading into this one. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you won four of six at least, and you had a really good win last night. But yeah. other than that, you're still kind of floating outside of the playoff picture. You got your optimist saying, you know, you're right there, and then as you'll find out in a little bit. <laughs> maybe not so optimist uh going into the break here but you got two games going to the break in dallas and nashville uh the dad's trip for all of you who can see that but uh yeah we'll see how it goes yeah i saw it on twitter today <laughs> it made me chuckle every time saber's twitter is about to drive off a cliff like they pull out a weird win against a team that they shouldn't <laughs> have beaten just to like keep everybody right out right right just ahead of flatlining on the season she's like ah, ah maybe maybe there's some hope but yeah i mean consistency right we've talked about peaks and valleys all year and, and that's kind of what we're seeing be a really bad team on some nights and then last night i would argue was one of their top three performances of the season. I don't think that's unfair to say. No, no, no. And that's – go ahead, Bill. I was going to say, if, if there's one thing this team is good at consistently, it's uh, being just bad enough that when you beat good teams, they fire their coaches. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I was going to go, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, their second coach fired this season. And, you know, by, for craziness, like, for pure utter craziness by Vegas. Like, that's – I'm I don't really still get that reeling. That's – Insane. I mean, in any in anything, you go to Pete DeBoer, like <laughs> what? Like if it was like Boost Boudreaux out there or something, I can understand it. But like, 
you had to fire your coach so you made sure you got first crack at DeBoer. Like, that's – Dude, and it was so funny because I outlined him for the coach's article I did during the Sabre search this offseason. And he was in my, oh, my God, please no section <laughs> if San Jose were to fire him because there was speculation, you know what I mean, yeah, that was going to yeah. happen this summer. And if you look at his just all-time record as a coach and his playoff record, it's like, how does this dude keep getting work? It's just mind-blowing. I mean, he he couldn't go over the top of the stack <clears throat> San Jose team, and then they right, were right. the coach Vegas. And like, the thing is too is like the like crazy part is like he has a history like with Vegas, like he has like that the mm. uh, like war of words in the playoffs with Brian Reeves, and like that whole thing is like part of it. And it's just I don't know. It just, it just feels like Vegas panicked. They panicked. Sure. Goaltending isn't that good, and they've had some bad luck. When your GM has to clear, or your yeah, your uh, GM has to clarify that this decision wasn't made hastily. Mm, that's not a good look. You shouldn't have to like right. preface that. That should be implied, and that that just didn't exist in this situation. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, and you know, this feels like. I mean, there was some talk, like you know, on Twitter today, like, oh, the Sabers should hire. I mean, they're not going to do that, but but they should. They should. I mean, it would be cool, you know, but. Maybe, maybe if things go south, like in the off season. But to be honest, like as I said, like I, I think he's like the Seattle coach in like two weeks. Mm. It makes too much sense. Yeah, it's like it, it's like Vegas gave Seattle a gift. Like here, here's our coach that led us through our expansion. Here you go, Seattle. You <laughs> do it now. Like <laughs> maybe that's their way of protecting players from the Seattle expansion. Like, look, we're not going to make a real coach. trade, but we're going to drop our coach so you can. Well, don't forget, Vegas is exempt from the expansion. Well this, then, never mind. This is this is dumb. Then <laughs> <laughs> I guess this is how they're going to contribute to the expansion. Like, all right, fine, we'll be exempt, but you're never coach. Like, that's how we'll do it. <laughs> Which I I get it quickly that that like Vegas being exempt is the most ridiculous thing in the world. Like, it'll be their fifth off season. Like, why do they get to be exempt? Mm. I mean, like they, they've had plenty of time here with their team. Like, it's. It'll be their fourth. There'll be four seasons in. There'll be five off seasons in. Like, okay. And they had a cup run. Yeah. Like, True. Yeah. Exactly. That's uh, whatever. When? So I'm curious. When was that established? They make that decision recently, or was that like a thing? No, that was right, as... that was in the beginning when they like mm-hmm. that when they said the rules were going to be the same as last expansion. They said, "Oh, in Vegas is exempt." By the way. Right. That was all done right away, which is. Uh, Odd, but kind of like the firing of this coach. No, exactly. That's how the NHL works, I guess. They're not even bad. That's the other weird thing. No, they're good. They're no, like they're they're three good. points out of like first place for division or something like that. I saw. Yeah, there's a muddle of teams. They're at 54, and there's two other teams at 54 in the wild card spots. 55, 56. They're like all right there. It's it's they, the panic. They flurry is getting old and not as good, and they they. That's kind of what's hurting them, and they panicked on it. They have some bad luck with their scoring and panic. It's, I don't know. Mm. It, 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 the thing that's going to be frustrating is the board is like a genius when like the luck turns around and they play good. Like, oh, look at he turned, look at him turning things around. Like, <laughs> no, just they started getting, unlo- they stopped being unlucky. Like, <laughs> whatever. Good for Pete DeBoer. I guess it'll keep him in the league forever. I mean, you know, what's, what's the thing people say? Like, there's, 31 NHL teams. So there's only 31 NHL coaches you can hire. Like that's all you're allowed to. Same <laughs> coaches over and over and over again. Someone posted that gif 
someone posted that gif of those kids at like a lunch table passing bottles yes back exactly <laughs> <laughs> exactly pretty much um anyways back to the sabers so speaking of the playoff thing maybe that's kind of what we'll start here so it's well, they're five points out now. Uh, Philadelphia is playing tonight. Last time we checked, it was tied at one. Two one Philly. Two one Philly. So you could be seven points out by the time the night's over. But your games—they're using their game in hand on you tonight. Um, I guess the Sabers will repick. Oh, up good, that. sir. Even seven points out. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Until tomorrow, when you pick your game in hand back up again. Um, you know, so it's—I don't know. I, I guess the kind of the, the place I want to go with is you guys is like. There's two games actually for the break. Um, let's say, I don't, I don't know. I, I guess I'll pose the, the question to you guys this way. Like the way I look at it right now is, is they have a faint, faint pulse in this playoff thing. Like, I don't know. You lose the next two games. I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to declare you dead. I, I'm just, I'm just curious though. Like for you guys, like where, where do you stand with that? And like, how many points do you think they need here? let's say by the break, even end of January to kind of like be considered alive here in this thing. That's not a huge difference, right? So you got two games before the break and then two games after to right. end the month, mm-hmm. Ottawa and Montreal. So obviously easier than at, Dallas, at Dallas, at Nashville. Um, I don't know, three or four at least. Yeah. yeah I think that's about right. That's where I'm at too. Yeah. You need six points for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, Currently, I guess at the table, you're at 49, Philly's 54, Carolina's 56, Toronto's 56. Like you said, Philly's losing, or they're winning now, but then they play Montreal, LA, Pitt. So two not so hard games there. Carolina at Columbus, but then home to Anaheim, Islanders, Winnipeg. And then Toronto plays Calgary and Chicago. I mean, you could be, if you lose both, Toronto wins both. You're looking at 11 points out before you even hit the all-star break, let alone the end of the month. The only optimism I can give you is what Anthony's been saying for a couple weeks now. Your month of February is pretty weak. So Mm -hmm. if you can – he's right. I mean, if you can get three of four here or, I don't know, two, one, and one, uh, the next four, I mean, real quick, rapid fire, Columbus, Colorado, Detroit, uh, the Rangers, Anaheim, Detroit, Columbus, Toronto, Ottawa, Pitt, Winnipeg, Colorado, Vegas, Arizona. Like, half those games are – you should probably at least have a good shot of winning. And, obviously, most nights you can win any game. So, they could, if they get healthy and start scoring more um, February. But then you got to worry about Allmark, too. He's been playing a lot and – who knows if he can keep it up? Turn into uh, fish all mark again, like flopping all over the place, <laughs> going behind the net, and then going behind the net, the ending up in the corner for a goal. And he almost did the same thing again yesterday. Yep. So you don't you don't want to see that. So yeah, I mean, there's kind of it's kind of where you are. Yeah, yeah it's it, the thing. I think we kind of talked about it. It's just the reason, like I, I give very little hope to it or very little faith to it is. It's what we talked about at the beginning of the podcast when it first started. Is consistency. Like mm-hmm. you need, you have to be consistent for the rest of the season. And this, the team isn't going to do that. They already used up their their one good stretch they get every season. They've already used it up. <laughs> the season. So, like you can't, you know, you can't have a ten game stretch and win five. Like you need to win seven or eight every ten games. Like realistically, you can't go four six and four and six or. 
four, four and two, like it, it, that's just not good enough, you know? And the way this team is currently constructed, I, I just don't have any faith at all that, that they can do it. The goaltending is not good enough. You know, it, there's, there's still not enough scoring around Eichel and Reinhardt. I mean, I know you're going to get Skinner and Olsen back and that'll help, but you know, it's, it's, it's bleak. It, it's frustrating. It's, I want to be optimistic. I want to buy into the soft February schedule. It's just, I can't, I can't get there. I just, I, I can't, I, I have not seen enough from this team to get me into any world where they, they can play any sort of consistent hockey. Not to mention in March, it's an absolute hellscape of difficulty. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, we had an over 500 record in February. Oh, hi, March. Like, holy crap. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, like you said, I mean, it's it's a consistency thing. And, and we talk, we've been talking about it. I feel like we mention it literally every episode. But, I mean, it's, it's worth saying. For an inconsistent team, if you're going to be an inconsistent team, you need two things really good goaltending and really good special teams. That's how inconsistent teams squeak in. We don't have either, at least not on a, you know, on a regular basis. Um, the, the power play gets like, you know, flashy for a game and then it's like, Oh, never mind. And then, you know, all Mark will have an amazing game. Then two not good ones and Hutton comes in and absolutely lights himself on fire on the ice. And, <laughs> you know, it's just it, those things that we said, like it, it, if, you know, this roster, the way it's constructing, can get these couple things going, they might be okay. They're not getting those things. And you're seeing the results, and you're seeing peaks and valleys that you see from a cons- an inconsistent team. Yeah, I mean, just looking at it quickly, I mean, they, if they need to get to 96 points outside to make the playoffs. I mean, that, that's realistic, I think. Sure. You know, they need to pick up 67% of the available points. So they need to pick up 47 of the next possible 70 points. It's funny how that worked out. Didn't they say uh, Kruger likes two out of three? Right, I mean, that's it's pretty much the right. entire season. Yeah. So that's essentially winning 23 of your next 35. Pretty much. Right, is my math right there? I think it is. So 23 times two, that puts you at 46. Yeah. So let's say you win 20, and then you pick up, what, seven loser points? Sure. So that's 27 games, so then you can lose a handful. Like, that's just, that's, yeah, you, that's you, not happening. They're not winning 20 of the next. You can lose eight games. You basically right, not go winning 20 of the next 35 games. Like, that's not, that's not happening. No. No chance. I mean, Jack, Eichel, it's so funny because then you could say, as well, if player A hulks out, no, your Hulk is already hulking out. Like, it's, <laughs> it's over. Right. He's smashing. I mean, it's, there's no more Hulks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you, your your guys are going. Reinhardt's going. Eichel's going. Like, Darlene looks much. Darlene's playing like himself again. Like, what? I mean, what you, Jimmy Vici's gonna awaken and like ah, and like he's fifteen goals in the season. Like, then he'd be that twenty goal scorer everyone's talking about. <laughs> it's just it's not. It's just not there. It's just it's, there's no way. There's no way they're gonna. Win. That's the whole thing. Like looking at it, like. Yeah, five points out, you know, I mean, if you win a couple of games here or there, and then you look at it like, oh, I got to win 20 of my next 35 games. Like, no. Right. No way. And, oh, and Columbus is playing really well ahead of me, right? And they're not even in They the found game. a goaltender, and they're fine yeah. now. Like, right. <clears throat> weird how that happened. <laughs> they got a lot being in there. I love it. Elvis. Good old Elvis. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just... Uh, it, Optimism with this team has been beaten out of me. Like I've, <laughs> I've had enough optimism going into seasons or stretches or 
whatever that is said of I, I don't buy it anymore. I don't it's just not there. It's just the roster is not built to do that. Uh the general manager um doesn't seem to have an appetite to want to really even help this roster to be honest. So why should I buy into anything changing or realistically going on some sort of monster run here? Because just we keep saying it, it's just not in the cards. It's just not in any way, shape, or form realistic. We could add another weird third line fringe forward. Right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> That'll help. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> what? A, it's just so funny because like the only forward trades we've seen this year were like, well, that was weird. <laughs> right, BC. Like that doesn't make a lot of sense, but all right. Yeah, pro league. It's like uh, uh, okay, right. sure. <laughs> I guess maybe he'll be the guy he was two years ago. Let's hope that works out. Oh, it's for, not for uh, forty four. games. That's yeah. unfortunate. <laughs> okay, I'm spending months trying to flip Scandella for a fourth so I can go get pro league. Why aren't trades working? <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, honestly. <laughs> To be honest, you should have just traded Scandella for a fourth and kept a cap space. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and then go out and try to make a trade for somebody else with that cap space you have. Honestly, it almost seemed like a, okay, here, assholes, like, here's a forward. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> I'm not doing this interview. Here's for a league. Leave me alone for two weeks. <laughs> I'm working out his visa issues. I'm unavailable. <laughs> <laughs> This stupid team. I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I guess we can. This is maybe the transition to get into the GM. That interview we had yesterday on WGR. Mm. I mean, it's. I don't. It's hard for me to like to find. That was a tough part. It was hard for me to find words on it. Like it's. Do you have a favorite quote? I think my favorite quote. I don't remember the exact question. I think it was the second time Mike even asked. Like kind of like what do fans look forward to offensively? And it was just he's just like Dylan Cousins, like that. Agree, <laughs> <laughs> like, like that's but, but that's it really. Like that that's the bleakness of it. Like it's his answers to how do you fix the offense where Dylan Cousins is coming? Great, so I'm going to rely on a 19 year old next season to help me be good. Like I thought maybe we learned our lesson with Casey Middlesex. This organization learns zero lessons and. Then, like, he followed up with, I mean, you know, if you get Jimmy VC and Connor Sheary and Margaret Johansson to score more goals, like, ah, like, <laughs> Margaret Johansson's on pace for 40 points. That's kind of like when you signed him, like, that's what you were getting. Like, that, that's who he is. Jimmy VC, like, isn't that good offensively? I mean, Sheary, yeah, you can realistically expect more out of, but he's playing better now, but, like, it's, come on, like, like, it's so aggravating. Like, <laughs> These guys are who they are, and you're just like, oh, they scored more. We'll be all right. Like, cool. <laughs> if Jack Eichel scored a hashtag every night, you'd probably make the playoffs. But, like, you know, guy, like, come on. It's so weird. It's almost like he perused their stat sheets, looked at their best season, and was like, well, if I can get that, we'll be great. Right. You know, like Johansson in 2016. How many points Johansson scored as a center eight years ago? Oh, maybe yeah. I'll get that season. Oh, out. look at this. Yeah. I mean, the, the funny thing is that – it's Dennis Green, man. They are who we thought they were, especially VC and Shiri. You look at Shiri like every year away from Crosby. You take out that outlier year. It's like, yep, he produces 30 to 35 points a season. There you go. Like, that's what you're getting from Connor Shiri. Yep. If 
Oliver and you refuse Wilson. to put him with Eichel, so maybe he'll have right. that, that, that crazy season. Exactly, exactly. And then, you know, and you got VC. It's like, oh, well, this guy's a defensive train wreck who can score some goals, but now he's not as much of a train wreck, but he's not scoring any goals. Just <laughs> <laughs> phenomenal. I don't know. It's just the, the roster construction, it's so it's it's like you said it, it's so many weird things it's he's nothing he, he's never gone on a limb with anything i mean i mean the skinner thing kind of but that was such a no-brainer deal that followed us up the only thing he went out on a limb on is o'reilly and he <laughs> failed miserably at that but everything else has been like safe low-key moves like he just seems like he's afraid to pull that trigger which is what this team needs they need they need that big move to acquire a forward, and I don't know if this guy can do it. I think this guy is is I don't want to say the word gun shy, but like it's something like he has it in him to do it. I feel like he's afraid to commit the assets and commit. He's always like, well, you know, we gotta make sure our prospect pool and this and that. And it's like, bro, you just gotta go in here. Like you just gotta do it. And I don't I don't know if he'll ever do it. I don't, I don't know. It's like when you're sitting there. Not wanting to do something crazy to lose your job, and then you end up just eventually losing it anyways. Because you didn't do it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, the, I mean, the interview as a whole to me is kind of like he was talking as if he weren't the actual GM of the Buffalo Sabers. Right. Right. I, I mean, the quotes that stood small, out to me: small samples, and Ralph said this, and yeah, Ralph like small like, picture. He said, "I think my two favorites were some teams will get hot. Our focus is on how we play." It's like. Kid, you get hot, dude. <laughs> and then, and then the uh, when he was talking about the injuries of Skinner and Olafson, he said we have to have the depth to survive it. Like, dude, that's your entire it's job. It's literally your <laughs> like, job description. Like, like, don't say we have to have the depth to survive it. Like, you are the GM. Like, I just. It sounded uh, like a guy who had no power or say like in anything that happened this off season. And right. he was just like a guy off the street just getting asked questions. Right. Like, like somebody well, yeah, else pulling, up, pulling like the trigger? Like what is going on yeah. here? Well, they, somebody they should would, go tell this guy. They would need they, they would need some depth for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> like he's just some fucking or some sorry. He's just some old guy on the street who they just like pulled in an interview like, sir, what do you think the Sabres problem is? Well depth. I mean, yeah. Well, <laughs> they could really use some, huh? Yes, got a lot of defense. I, I guess they should get some yeah. some help. <laughs> and a couple, other... couple top six forwards would really be great. Tell you that. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, should we be in the conversation for the playoffs? Yeah. Like, okay, great. Stay there then. Do something <laughs> so you are. Right. Just, uh, <laughs> should we try uh, to win the Cup every year? Yeah, sure. Like, we're in a perfect world. Yeah, why not? Right. <laughs> You're gonna not trade for anybody. He, he like won't even commit to his own answers. <laughs> In an interview, <laughs> let alone making trades. Uh, He's asking oh. himself questions and answering them. I mean, yeah, pretty much. It's... Should I make trades for a forward? Sure, I should. I'm trying. <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah. in the things, office. Things haven't materialized. <laughs> like in the office when twice, like, should I have shot the gun? No. And she's like, stop asking yourself easy questions. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the whole thing was just cringeworthy. It just comes over the guy who, like, I want to say he's in over his head, but it kind of comes off that way. Like, it seems like he's unaware of what his position entails. (laughs) (laughs) I'm waiting for them to give me my league issued top six forward. Yeah. (laughs) He's an assistant GM. Like, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to get our GM to trade forward, but I fell ass backwards into a franchise defenseman. Where's my other franchise forward? (laughs) 
was it not going to be this easy the entire time? <laughs> yeah, it's God. I don't know. It, it's the crazy thing is like it, this this off season coming up. There's so many like decisions to be made, and, and is you know, was this the guy to do it? Like it's. I mean, that's the thing, right? The whole reason for talking about this off season so much even last year is because you were supposed to make moves last off season to set you up for right to go this one all to be a good one all in right yep and i was yeah, just that like, was a plan years okay. ago we've looked we've looked forward to this off season two three years back like a couple years on the road look at that 2020 off season you know you make the playoffs you kind of get in and then boom that's your go year like we're we're not even close to making the playoffs yet <laughs> nope. and then and then you have expansion coming after that so then like it's then you have Darlene's contract coming up, and Yoki Haru was that same season, same off season. It's, I don't know. It's, I, I just, the thing that's frustrating to me is like, I, like I understand he has, like, I, I have like no faith there anymore. But do I, what, what, another GM in here to just, what, I got to do it over again? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you got to, we shouldn't I, have to. I guess the, the I mean, way you look at it is there. The defense is there, and, and if you make the move this offseason, you have a, a GM walks in with like six guys under contract and a ton of cap space. Uh-huh. Like, he doesn't have to reset. Like, he barely has a roster, even, you know, he's <laughs> hard to fill in his own roster if he wants. And really, he wouldn't come with that prepackaged excuse for the first three years. So he's trying to put his stamp on the roster. Right. Like, Bruh, the whole page was blank. It's <laughs> <laughs> all over it. <laughs> You you had like you have Jack Eichel and Darlene and like nobody else on your team. Like you, just, you imagine that's like the easiest <laughs> situation ever. It's like oh, it's almost like starting with Crosby and Malkin. Wink, wink. Like you know what I mean? It's just <laughs> so weird. How is this not working? <laughs> Theoretically, it should be fine. You've got two really, really good wingers. You've got an elite centerman, an elite future defenseman. You've got Yoki Haru, who you traded a bag of magic beans for. It's just crazy. <laughs> Looking for, when you got Pilot, who signed out of Europe, that's pretty good. Like, <laughs> he was an AHL the entire season. So, like, yes. <laughs> Yuck. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's nuts. It's, and then that's the part that I think kind of puts a damper on a lot of this. Is it's I, I don't know, I, I don't know. I I, I just I, I literally don't know. <laughs> I keep saying because I, I don't know what they can do. I don't know what he can do. Like I, I was on Tim Graham's show today, and like he he asked me like, "What would you do in the future?" Is it? I don't know. Get forwards like that. That's my only answer because I don't know what else you can do. But this, I like I said, this I don't know if this guy's ever going to do it. Was is he going to trade for the equivalent of Jimmy VC again, like in the summer? Probably. In, in the, oh, look, Jimmy VC works. Yeah. Right. <laughs> One I mean, of these it, has to work eventually. I mean, he is. A, he is a. The other night, there was a second round, a third round, and a fifth round pick. We're all sitting in the press box the other night. Hmm. Like, could you could have used all three of those picks to go get Burakovsky, or to, to, to use one of them to go get Howla, like? No, and use a third runner to get Jimmy VC. You trade for Colin Miller, which is a good idea, and then you don't play him. <laughs> so I don't. And I don't, I don't even know if the guy's going to sell anybody. Season for me. Like, if they're bad, is, is he going to sell off the right people? Like, he's resigned the shit throwing them again this offseason. Right. 
I mean, is he what, what's his sell off going to be? Trade Miller, and then like everybody else just hangs out so their contract expires. <laughs> <laughs> We've reached a deal for Jake or Drake Kiglia. <laughs> right. <laughs> this will help. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. We'll see what this guy does. I mean, he's. I generally believe him when you say he's trying. I, I just don't know if he's trying for the right things. Is my fear. <laughs> That's legitimately what I fear. I mean, if, if he's if his first gun he pulls is Michael Froelich, I don't know what I don't want to know what else he has in his bag of tricks. To be honest, like right, yeah. So it's like he thinks like these middle six forwards are gonna just like morph into one mega person. Like they're all just gonna combine their skills and become a top one. Maybe he's hoping one of them will shake out. Like if I put enough of them on a roster, one will rise. <laughs> I'll hit on one of these four. Yeah, I mean, like you know, we've talked about it numerous times. Like Defoley's been there. I mean, all season it's been a mid-round pick and a B-level prospect. Like, why didn't we do that in November? I, I get his contract is up, but who cares? Like, maybe he's good, then you can sign him. Like, it's so funny too how you've got all off season every rumor surrounded Ristolainen, and now that you've somehow managed to not really deteriorate his value that badly, yeah. it's just like, well, now we want him. <laughs> now that he doesn't, it's like, guys, <laughs> this was like the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, you know, I'll give Ristol credit for playing, playing better. You know, it's, he's, he still has his things. He's still partner dependent. He's, Still gonna have those moments, um, but there's been less moments this year, and that's good. You know, he's he's doing some things different offensively, and that's helping him. But uh, man, someone offers you a top six forward, I will drive him to the airport still tomorrow. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, he's he's a happy Finn now, and he's not as bad. So we'll just keep him and never trade him ever. That's all right. I think he's we should extend Finn. him preemptively. Oh, it's just so crazy to me. Like, Batterell basically trades for his replacements: Montour, Miller, Yoki Haru, and he's he's they're going to trade Miller before they get that guy out of there. <laughs> Amazing. I don't know the Sabers. Anyways, let's move on from Batterell because he's depressing. <laughs> um, so I think now is a good time to hit our break. Um. And then I think what we'll do in the second half is kind of let the fan questions kind of write us here because I feel like we're kind of getting low on things to talk about. So we'll kind of let the fan questions write us uh, into the sunset after that. So we'll hit our quick break here. Uh, you are listening to Beyond the Blade on the SB Nation Podcast Network. Alrighty, welcome back. So, second half of the episode, and as per usual, the fan questions will guide us through the rest of this show. So, Mr. Shockey, what did we get in this week? Oh, and by the way, by the way, before we get to that, I've decided, since Anthony has taken a little bit of a beating uh, <laughs> on Twitter over the last few days about this, that I will let him go first on every question. I'll give him on every question. Why don't we yes. alternate? I know. <laughs> Just we'll, okay, we'll do that. We'll alternate. So I need to hear Anthony agree at least once. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. So on the first question, Anthony, 
you go first and then we'll alternate from there. Fair enough. Yes. I just, I find it amazing. It's like, you mean this guy's associate editor on the website? He actively pursued him to join agrees with him on most topics. Like, no <laughs> shit. It's got a yes, man. To come to mind. <laughs> yes. I'm just, a, I'm just, uh, what the hell? Oh my God. Now I'm going to forget his name. My, the Dallas Cowboys, former coach. Garrett, Jason Garrett. Garrett, Garrett yeah. geez, I want to call him Miles Garrett. <laughs> I'm just like the Jason Garrett tears, Jerry Jones. Just a guy who's there. <laughs> Some milk toast on the sidelines. Not going to get in trouble. Anyway. Go. All right, hit Bill. Me, hit me, Billy. All righty. Since you were just giving Risto a little bit of love, I'll go with Jimmy. How do you guys like Risto playing down low and in front guy or net front guy on the power play? I think it's cool. I mean, so we, we talked about it um, early in the season where we talked about the fake innovator thing, right? Where I think Chad had the line where he's like, just, they're not fake innovators. Just do something innovative, do something interesting, roll with five forwards on the power play, do something cool. And that's, it's like one of those subtle little things where, yeah, that is different. And I, I think he seems to be doing pretty decently at it. And, you know, we talked about it a little bit, uh, you know, be- between the three of us earlier in the day. And I think Chad brought it up where, is the power play maybe a little bit better without them trying to force that cross ice pass to Olofsson? So I, I like where they've got Risto right now. I think it's a cool thing to keep trying and, and see if it keeps working. I mean, I'm all for new ideas. If, if you know what I mean? If it gets them away, what, what they've been doing, can, you know, all year just isn't working. So yeah, try something new. Cool. I'm, I'm good with it. I don't see any reason why not to put him there. Yeah, I agree with everything Anthony said. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> Um, no, but really I, nice play I, yesterday. Yeah. He did. He, and, you know, Ristolainen's always been a great power play player. There's no denying that. Something clicks when he's on the power play and just makes good decisions. He moves the puck well. Um, you know, and I think putting him down low, you know, I, I think is helpful. And I don't know how many times this season I've, I've yelled at the TV to just give it to the down low man. Uh-huh. They they never do it, and when they do, it works, and they just never do it. So, yeah, I, I think it's you know. I think without Olsen, it's forced them to change things. Um, they're not trying to, you know, force that one-timer across the ice or even to Olsen. So it's – when he comes back, Olsen's going to go to that top power play because of his shot. But mm-hmm. I just think they have to make a conscious decision or effort to not try to force that and, and continue to kind of roll with where they are. Um, so real quick, what – like, why wouldn't you then just put him on the second power play unit and try and get him to score that way? Because I don't think they'll get enough time. And that I'm not really, I don't feel like I'm fully utilizing that shot then. You know I'm also mean? not confident in any of them being able to get him the puck in that right, I mean, right. You yeah. put him on the second unit, everyone's like, all right, let's cover Olofsson because nobody else in the ice is going to beat me. Right. But I mean, isn't that kind of what it is now? Mm. I mean, like, see, not. because no, you see Jack getting opened up on the other side when he right. likes to take that shot. Reinhardt and Darlene can do things and. But you're right. He is he is probably their most dangerous weapon if he gets the puck in that spot, right? And so right. teams have been doing a better job of honing in on him. And now that and, – and it's weird because the Sabres never broke away from that being their primary focus, like get it to Victor. Like that seemed like the play, right? Get him, get him that weird opportunity through, you know, through the slot and hope that pass doesn't get tipped or intercepted and it lands perfectly on a stick and he nails it. You know, that was like a weird thing to base your entire first power play on. So I kind of like that. I like what they're doing, and I, I hope they don't go away from the actual technique, but just sub him in. You know what I mean? So yeah. that way, if it does get to him there, he can take the opportunity, but you're not forcing the hell out of it, and it's not predictable. 
I'm curious if they leave wristline in there, to be honest. I, What's that mean? If it's working, why mess with that? I mean, then you would go Eichel, what? Eichel, Reinhardt, Olofsson, Dallin, Ristolainen, right? You could. And then you put Skinner, who I don't think that would be that great of a guy in the power play. Anyways, put him on the second unit with Johansson, Shiri. I, I, I would put Pilot in the second power play unit, but they don't. So we'll put Colin Miller to go out there and fire it wide every single time or get blocked. I'll tell you what, Oposo's sneaky good on that second power play. I really do like him there. Yeah. Yeah, he can get that shot off from that, you know, the circle and you know, beat a goalie. He's got a nice wrist shot when he gets it off. So sometimes mm-hmm. it takes too long to get it off is a problem. Right. I, I noticed it. I mean, it's I don't know if it's a result of just exposure theory of him being around Larson, but he's really, really good at maintaining possession in deep. I mean, he's he does not get, you know what I mean? He doesn't get knocked off easily. He doesn't make bad passing decisions. Like he really does a nice job of keeping zone pressure. Mm-hmm. He doesn't do anything with it usually, but it's it's there. Yeah. Yeah. Good question. All right. <clears throat> so piggybacking off of that, another really nice shot by Reinhardt the other night. Mm. John Brown would like to know, why do people think that Reinhardt is only dependent on Eichel? It seems like that some on this website refuse to believe Sam makes Jack better, too. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to go into my whole Reinhardt dissertation, but uh, I, mean, I think everyone knows how I feel about it. It's just, it's the same thing I said to somebody on Twitter who replied to me and just said, there's something about him that doesn't sit well with me, and, and the answer is easy. If anybody has that problem, it's what he does doesn't, the way, the way I put it is what he does does not, jump out of the TV and smack you in the face. Like it, it's not noticeable most times. It's, you know, that, that Eichel goal, really nice goal by Eichel. Nobody talked about what Reinhardt did to set that up. That play along the wall he made in the defensive zone to spring Eichel essentially, you know, that doesn't happen without Reinhardt making that play. And it doesn't get talked about because of a nice play Eichel made. But again, there's so many instances where everybody says, well, you know, Reinhardt needs Eichel. Well, I've said it numerous times is, you know, Jack needs him too. You know, Sam does a lot of the heavy lifting in terms of zone exits, which allows Eichel to, you know, use his transition game and to get on the rush. So, you know, it's, it is what it is. I don't think it's ever going to be appreciated. You know, it's, I'm coming to the acceptance more that this general manager is going to make a mistake. If you saw the GM is going to end up trading him in the off season, um, which would be a horrible idea because what he'll get back is going to be nowhere near the same value. You're going to lose in Reinhardt. So I I hope they get a deal done. I mean, like five years, seven to seven and a half seems fair for a guy who's now crouching up on, you know, 70 points, but you know, some people, some some people are never going to do it because he's not fast and he's not flashy. But what he does that is not noticeable most nights is going to be something, if he is traded and is gone, that we're going to miss, and then it's going to be noticeable because those things aren't happening. Yeah, you know, I'm not, I, I have trouble getting too upset at people who say that because it's not like the organization has ever separated him for any extended period of time so they can actually see, you know what I mean, a fair sample of Sam by himself. You know what I mean? Because we, we, we looked at the data, right, and we, we, we rewatch all this stuff over and over, and we look at those little intricacies, right, of, of what is Sam Reinhardt doing, where someone watching the game one time, you know what I mean, not replaying it yeah. and not paying attention to the data, they see, okay, Sam's always with Jack. Well, what the heck? You know what I mean? That, well, that's why he's producing points, which, by the way, 
it happens sometimes. I mean, counter shooters is a great example. Wingers sometimes get with elite centers and they produce points as a result of that. That's not the case with Reinhardt, but for someone I mean, to not- be honest, even like, even if he just plays like the rest of his career and he scores 70, 75, yeah, points, the rest of his no, career, no. who cares? Okay. I'm not I'm not disagreeing with that point, but but the 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 apprehension of you know big money for a guy who you know could can he do it without Eichel? If, if the situation arises where he doesn't need to, he can't be with Eichel, right? Can, 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 will he be valuable still, or is he strictly a result? I, I it's wrong. It's not it's not a correct opinion. But I'm not I'm not gonna get upset at people for never no. seeing something that the organization refused to show them. Right? You know what I mean? Yeah, Does I mean Kevin make makes this point on Twitter a lot too, where there's realistically in those leagues, only a handful of players that don't need anybody. They can do it on their own. Sure. Uh, McDavid, Eichel, Crosby. Um, you know what? Elise Pedersen, yeah. maybe. So well, Sam's like always going to be a victim of his draft pedigree, though. Too. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because if Sam Reinhart was picked 15th overall in the first round, bet money people wouldn't be as hard on him. Yeah. But he was second, and Jack Huggle was second. And they see that. To, you know what I mean? They, they, they see that gap and they're like, well, wait, what the heck? And then that, and then he got moved from his position. They drafted him for and So he's, you know what I mean? It's just, it's that little stuff that doesn't matter as much as people think it does. And it, you know what I mean? It just, it kind of spreads like the plague in terms of like public opinion on a guy. You know, I think that's like a weekly Reinhardt question. We get, we, we kind of get that every week now, but I love talking about Sam Reinhardt. So we'll keep doing that. And by the way, before you get to the next question, Bill, uh, we had to take a small pause there, which you don't know because I edited it out obviously, but. Uh, my four and a half year old son has joined me down here in the basement. So if you hear a small child cooking or talking in the background, it's just my four year old son. So just kind of ignore him. You shouldn't let him use the stove. <laughs> it, it's a fake kitchen, Anthony. Calm down. All right. It's not real. I'm a new parent, Chad. Okay. I, <laughs> I look to a, you to set an example for me. Making a cheese sandwich looks like over there. So we'll see how that goes. All right. So, like I said, if you hear a small kid in the background, hey, then there he is. All right. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, moving on, um, James appreciates the pod, but with all the Twitter topics that he wants to hear, what would you guys do to fix the team if you had 18 months guaranteed of being GM? Ooh, that's kind of interesting. I mean, what would you do with 18 months guaranteed? I mean, uh, well, hopefully start... not sit on your hands. Oh, yeah. I mean, that the Fine opposite, rain. the opposite Fine of what's rain. happening now, um, <laughs> But no, I, I mean, it's kind of cool. So let's start with, you know, the first kind of milestone, which would be the trade deadline this year, right? So I'm assuming I'm taking over today. It, pretty much any pending unrestricted free agent, not named Johan Larson, like I'm seeing what I can get for him. And then I'm, you know, and I've got my RFAs I've got to start dealing with, but start getting assets, right? And and it's not, we got to not worry about kind of the sunk cost fallacy where, oh my God, well, you, you know, you traded, I don't know. You traded a third round pick for Connor Sheary and you only got a fifth back. It's like, yep, because we're not bringing him back. You know what I mean? He's, he's not, he's not returning to this team. We're starting fresh. You know what I mean? We're, we're, we're going to take advantage of the money coming off the books. We're not going to retain the same old faces. Like we're going to make a full sweeping change here. I'm going to bring back Larson cause he's awesome, but I'm, I'm acquiring assets and it's not because I need to necessarily restock the prospect cupboard. I mean, I do, but it's not, that's not why I'm doing it. Those assets, draft assets are as valuable as, you know, what, what the market will pay, right? So what did you trade? A, a second round pick for Jeff Skinner, you know what I mean, a couple of years ago? So it, it's it's not that I want that 10% chance at a diamond in a rough guy. No, I want to use those and, and kind of flip them for assets, right? So full-blown revamp. And, and I don't think it's, that's unreasonable. And I want to start giving, you know, younger guys opportunities. I want to get Roots lining up here next season to see what he can do. 
Uh, you know, it just, it's just gauging that development. And it, it's, it's tough because we did the, you know, the, the last two GMs did so little to fortify forward depth organizationally that it's not like, Oh, we've got these exciting call-ups and Oh shoot. Now Tage Thompson's arm fell off, you know, so that, that kind of stinks. And there, there'd be a lot of work ahead of us in that regard, but the defense is set. I mean, your entire defensive core is 25 and under right now for the most part. It's crazy. So that's, that's like a whole thing off your plate, right? You've got UPL slow cooking, get yourself a goalie that can kind of get you over the hump here because I'm not super confident in Allmark and Hutton has completely collapsed into oblivion. So I'm focusing my entire summer on making shrewd deals for forwards. I will trade the futures I reacquired at the deadline, dumping out rental players, flip that, flip those assets, flip a defensive prospect that I don't need, like Samuelson or Ryan Johnson, whatever there's a, whoever there's a market for, and start fortifying your forward ranks and make a run at this thing next year just to at least be competitive. And then, you know, you just keep building. And I spend this draft. I don't think I take a single freaking defenseman in this draft because it's just we have plenty and we have nothing at forward. So I know I kind of went on a little bit of a ramble there, but you asked me to cram 18 months worth of work into like a 30 <laughs> or a three-minute kind of segment. So. That's what I would do. So I'm not going to really cop out here, but honestly, I, I think Anthony, Anthony kind of answered that very well. I did a lot of similar things. You know, it's the one thing is, uh, yeah, right. Um, <laughs> oh, how the turntables. But uh, I will mention is if he makes it to free agency, um, Jesper Foss is a guy you're going to hear a lot from me this summer. It's, mm. He's, I'm really, I, I would even, they're out of it, so maybe they won't trade for him in the uh, at the break, but or the trade deadline. But it's um, he's a guy I'm intrigued by. He, he's a, he's, a you know, he's only a third line winger probably, but still he can kind of play up in the lineup if you need him to. Uh, he's good defensively. He can play the penalty. He's a really good penalty killer. Uh, he can give you some secondary scoring. He's quick. I think he's, I think he's really good, and, and the numbers kind of back up. You know, at least in terms of defensively, he's like one of the only positives on the Rangers. So he's a nice defensive forward. He can give you some offense. And, you know, I think when, I mean, the obvious thing is a top six forward, but, you know, when you're essentially in a way rebuilding a whole team because everybody's contract is gone, um, I think that's a guy who can kind of change their cap space. So just to preemptively, preemptively put it out there, uh, Jesper Foss is going to be a guy I'm going to talk about a lot in the summer probably. There you go. So BB kind of following up with that. Asked if you can trust GM and JB to fix the roster this summer, or does it need to go now to give a GM another chance? We touched on it, but I think we kind of touched on that, right? Is yes, do yes. I trust them? Not really. Do I honestly think they're going to make a change unless the wheels come off? Not really. That's kind of where I am. They're, I, I've been saying it for weeks. He, he's he has the symptoms of a man who has been guaranteed tomorrow. So exactly, there's nothing to make me believe that he, he would get. I mean, they could finish with nine wins the rest of the year. I think he's been promised the summer, which is bananas, but whatever. Oof. So then, last question, piggybacking on this topic, T. Johnson wants to know: Considering we have about four forwards, and then the rest of them are just fourth liners, who would you keep as your fourth liners? Who would you dump for next season? I know, Anthony, you just mentioned Johan Larson. Is there anybody mm-hmm. else? I keep Lazar. I think, I think he's, he's played pretty well, actually, uh, since getting called up. Um, probably Asplund. 
I would not bring back Ergensons. I can tell you that right now. A little bit, just a little. He he had, yeah, he has, but Oposo's coming back anyway. You know what I mean? So, I mean, you're not getting rid of him. So, I mean, Oposo Larson. You know, so Oposo's here. You get retain Larson, and I I would, I would. Is Lazar UFA? I feel like he might be. So I kind of, yeah, I forgot him in my little synopsis there earlier. So yeah, I would, I would retain Lazar on the cheap one, one year deal. You know what I mean? I don't need to get him long term or anything. So yeah, there's your, there's my fourth line. Lazar replaces Gergensen's. Yeah, I, I think I'm having some. But definitely keep Larson. I would. Um, S planned, yes. And unless someone, unless you throw him in a trade, I mm-hmm. wouldn't be upset either. No. Um, because you've got you've got Davidson, um, yeah. who who basically is the same thing coming up. Salinen too. Don't forget Rusalinen. Yeah. Probably be here next year. There you go. So yeah, definitely. I think I think we have the same forwards there. So we're on the same page there. All righty. So, here Smith, do the cap space. Do you think there's another move coming before the deadline, or is Froelich going to be the big splash? <laughs> I think Froelich is kind of it, to be honest. I think he's going to kick his feet up here. Injuries where they are, and that'll be it. He take he takes a big bite of a sandwich, and then if you're like, mm, well, if Saboko was here, we'd have been <laughs> losing him was a massive blow. <laughs> You know, like one of the players that I'll mention at the end of the season is about injuries. For sure. For sure. He's in there. Yeah. Our utility, our Swiss Army knife, you know. And I had another Gross. four goals. Oh. Yeah. Oh, by the way, we're extending him. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> yeah, I would be quite upset. All righty. So speaking of goaltending before, and both of you mentioned getting better there, Mitch wants to know, what are your thoughts on going after Holpe, assuming the Caps don't resign him? No. No way. Nope. nope. His his performance is way down. Number one, number two, he's going to cost you so much money. Yeah. No, no, no. Oh, I mean, you might have heard a dinosaur in the background, but uh, no, no way, not a chance. Dinosaur didn't like it either. <laughs> ready. <laughs> Matt wants to know why hasn't Gallant's been hired yet? <laughs> also, side note, it's too. pretty funny that he's the coach of the Pacific Division for the. Yeah. I hope he pulls a John Scott and just goes like un unincorporated because John Scott was <laughs> yeah. in the AHL at that point. <laughs> why why is Galan not been hired? I mean, I think Chad kind of touched on it earlier and maybe we weren't even recording yet, but you could probably probably because Seattle's got him on the phone right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. I mean, it makes too much sense. Like that, I think that's gonna happen shortly here. Way to go with the Seattle name too, Chad. That was that was well. The done. fish throwers. The fish throwers. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than half the names they've come out with. I mean, the Redwoods that- barf. That jersey could be pretty cool. Yeah. If they could just Gross. steal the Islanders' old jersey and just put a fish right. in it. Right. <laughs> Moving on to Daniel Lehman. It's not really a question, but a uh, comment. Seriously, Miller and money for Engvall. Any thoughts on that? Uh, I mean, I, I looked at Engvall quickly. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I, honestly, I'd, I'd rather try to get Janssen or Kapanen or even Brago, to be honest. But yeah, I mean, what I, I'm, not a, I'm not a big Engvall fan, to be honest. I love Janssen. Yeah, that'd be, be nice. That would be so amazing. Or like, I heard Kerfoot too. Mackenzie said Kerfoot possibly to get a forward, to get a defenseman. So sure, I'm, I'm a big Kerfoot guy. I could do yeah. that. But Engvall is like maybe sixth on my list of yeah, least yeah, forwards I think I could realistically get from them. So. I mean, it's kind of funny. <laughs> this premise of realistically getting anything done with the Leafs is kind of crazy. I mean, when was the last time we had a trade with them? Yeah. Dominic Moore. Moore yeah. yeah. It's yeah. got to be right now. Yeah. 
Yeah. Maybe it's uh, time to change that. Who knows? <laughs> Wrapping it up with the questions, at least. John Cozera, what's the story behind the injuries and incorrect forecasting of return? We'll go from last year, Paige this year, the bad luck, brittle hockey players, medical staff inept, the NFL team in D.C. He is scared. For one, Mr. Jeff Skinner. <laughs> it's, I don't know. That's kind of the thing. Right? I mean, the Tops thing, you can kind of get it. The shoulder injury, they were trying to rehab it. Didn't work. Surgery. If you take surgery back in November, he still misses the entire season. So I think they tried to save it, I guess, and it didn't work out. Yeah, I mean, it, it, not really brutal hockey players because they have virtually the same roster from last season. And last season, they were extraordinarily healthy. Uh, overall, yeah. you know what I mean? So, so no, I don't think that's the problem. Um, it, they, they do have a wonky way of kind of like projecting injuries and then two weeks later being like, just kidding, it's way worse. Or, yeah. you know. Or even like, yeah, Bogosian's a ways away and he's practicing yeah. two days later. Bogo- yeah, Bogosian, right. Bogosian's in a coma. Oh, and by the way, he's skating <laughs> tomorrow. Like, it's, yeah, they're, they're weird. I mean, didn't that kind of, not to make light of the situation, but happen with Oposo? I think yeah, I'm going right. to play tonight. And he's like, he's a couple weeks away. Yeah, yeah right, exactly. Like yeah. yeah, I'm gonna play in the next game, and Kruger's like, he's probably still a ways away. Like, <laughs> yeah, the communication on that is very poor, or maybe intentionally bad to keep people guessing. I don't know. Is there a competitive edge there? Kruger's like, a weirdo, maybe. Oh no, I didn't game plan for Kyle Oposo. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> what you gonna do about our big boy? <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah, so no, I don't. But the to the point of like the brittle hockey players thing, definitely not. I mean, it's the same roster as last year that was very healthy. Injuries happen. I think if you look across the league, they're probably average in terms of, you know what I mean, how many man games have been missed. Yeah. Probably right. Yeah, I mean, you kind of feel like it was coming, though. Like you said earlier, Anthony, I mean, they were yeah. extremely healthy last year. They got almost everybody to play the full season. So, like, I don't know. I mean, that's kind of the way hockey goes sometimes. You were healthy last year, didn't take advantage of it, and now you're getting hit with injuries, and that's the way she goes, you know? Mm-hmm. That's it. It's a wrap. I mean, I guess real quick, play devil's advocate back on the Reinhardt thing, not saying a reason to not sign him, but you said, would you have an issue with signing him for five for seven and a half or whatever you said? Uh, and if he stayed with Eichel and put up 70 points every year, that'd be fine. Didn't we just pay Jeff Skinner $9 million to do that? I mean, you still yeah, could but- do that. He's a left winger and Sam's a right winger. Oh, so you're hey, saying put all three back together? If you can... <laughs> Build out a roster that I could put together right. with the second line. Yeah, there, a long way to go for that, my friend. Yeah, the 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 Skinner Eichel Reinhardt thing wasn't inherently bad in and of itself. It was because there was no other scoring right. on the team. Yeah, it wasn't right. like no, they can't go together. Like metrically, they were fantastic. It was, that wasn't the problem. It was just that no one else could do dog, you know, jack shit below them. That was the issue. So yeah, but um, I mean, you have Olsen. No one can still there. do jack shit below them. Well, but but, here, but my other my other thing is, I mean, I know that the the goal the gaudy goal numbers haven't been coming. Jeff Skinner is still very productive away from Jack Heidel. Like it's not yeah. if the if the point about the nine million was like we just paid Jeff Skinner nine million and look what's happening. He's like, well, he's still a really good player. You know, I mean, he's still playing yeah. really well. So. um I, I don't I don't have an issue with that. And like Chad said, if he's producing 75 points a year, I don't really care who he's playing with. Yeah, I mean, you brought, you brought Ryan on. I mean, it's, it's listen, yeah. here's my goal. Here's my goal is to have as many good hockey players as possible, and then I'll figure out where they go from there. Right. And, <laughs> and by the way, a five-year deal, $7 million, like with the cap going, you know, continuously going up, that, that's right. not a crazy deal. No, that, that's what you pay 70-point players. Yeah. Yeah, that's market rate, man. Yeah. For on a really awful, terrible, perpetually garbage team, if you get market rate for a player like Sam Reinhardt, like do it's it. It's essentially, you I mean you're essentially getting the Nylander deal, which is yeah. it's slightly above that, which is where I think he'll be. 
So yeah. doing it a year later makes sense. Now if the GM could just find other good hockey players. Now if I want to talk to you about how the general manager could have done this two years ago and he could be making five point five million dollars right now. Mm. We'll say that for another said day. That. Yeah. <laughs> Not sure I want to rehash that at the moment. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Damn. Exactly. Good way to end it, Bill. <laughs> I think that's Bill's sign off instead of saying see ya at the end of every episode. He just go, damn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it'd probably be more fitting, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> All right, so I'll hit I'll hit the end of podcast spiel here. So make sure you follow everybody on Twitter. Uh, myself at CMD Diminesis, Anthony at Chandra Sports, Bill at Bill Shockey, podcast at BTB Hockey. Uh, make sure you're checking out the Excellent Sabres content at DiveWithTheBlade.com you'll find our podcast and content written by Anthony and myself and other great writers on the site. Uh, rate, share, um, comment, whatever. Uh, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and anywhere else pretty much listen to a podcast. Um, comments are welcome and always appreciated. And so are ratings. And yeah, two more games for the break. And then... Maybe you get Jeff Skinner back and Olsen's really there after that and kind of see where you are and hope you're still in this thing or we're going to start talking about, you know, some prospects here. You don't want me talking about Mason Raymond here anytime soon. Or, <laughs> so, uh, or not Mason Raymond, Lucas Raymond. Mason Raymond was an old hockey player. Lucas <laughs> Raymond. You uh, Raymond. Um, you don't want me talking about him. So, you know, we'll... We'll see where things take us here because I really don't want to get into prospect stuff and I'm starting to see that more on my timeline and I'm getting tempted and I don't want to go there yet. So hopefully we can push that down the road. But for Chad, Bill, and Anthony, that'll be it this week. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to my son play with his toys in the background during the end of the podcast <laughs> as well. I appreciate you understanding with that. So we will talk to you next week. Enjoy the weekend in the games ahead. And We'll see where we are next week entering the break. See ya. Yeah.